We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. A 106.7 The Fan. I've lost my show sheet, but I know who's coming on next. I've found my show sheet. I once was lost, but now am found. Barry's for Luga from the Washington Post Barry. joins us now via the BetQL guest line. You can follow Barry at Barry. It's for Luga, S-V-R-L-U-G-A. Barry, what up, dude? How are you? Great, guys. How are you? Doing good, man. What'd you make of those football games this weekend? You know, the, my overwhelming sense, um, so I, I covered the Ravens game, and I, you know, I don't think there's a huge difference between seeing something live and on TV now, but I am just kind of blown away by Lamar's pure speed, just like feels like he could be a track athlete and it's just so exciting to watch. But I realized watching the late game yesterday, um, and this really is nothing against the Chiefs, but I I was thinking, man, it would be so fun to have an AFC title game in which either Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson gets to go to the Super Bowl um, and just change it up a little bit. I, I'm, I didn't really realize the extent of my Mahomes fatigue until that game was tight in the second half, and I, I definitely thought it'd be cool if the Bills could pull this out. See, I, I, I say that, uh, Barry, and, and in this, it, I, I say it a lot, and I don't think people really understand. People get tired of people winning all the time. <laughs> and Although you get tired of it, you have to give a lot of credit to that team to be able to constantly do it. Like, the talk was, oh, he hadn't played on the road. He won on the road. Yeah, and he won in that environment in those conditions <laughs> yes. um, for sure. And I, so I'm with you, Brian, in that I think you can be kind of like, all right, I know the Chiefs. I know their story. And to me, this isn't even about, like, Taylor Swift. I don't care about that. Show her all you want. Like, it, it's just – I've seen the movie before, and I think Allen and Jackson are such accomplished quarterbacks, so talented, so different, so tough, so smart. Um, it would be great to have a run-up to a Super Bowl um, in which those guys were highlighted. And that's, that doesn't mean that what Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs did isn't impressive i mean the dude has been a starter in this league for six years and he has been in the afc championship game six times that is <laughs> insanely um remarkable but i just i i kind of surprised myself with my feelings in the second half last night that i was like "Ooh, i, I really want the bills to win here <laughs> see that's interesting now admittedly part of it might be that i bet on the chiefs but i i i find it a little annoying how and maybe this is B-Mitch getting into my brain, too. The, the rush to anoint Josh Allen, I, I, I found a little annoying. And I like Romo and Nance usually. It seemed like they were, like, openly rooting for the Bills. I just, I don't know. Um, I, I kind of went the opposite way. Um, what'd you think of the Niners-Packers game? That was the only other game that was really close this weekend. Yeah, I you know, so I missed the first half of it because I was writing off the Ravens game that I, I listened to it on the radio and watched it when I got when I got home, um, it, you know, I mean, the easy take is, well, that was closer than I expected. Um, 
I do think that while the Niners can still kill you in a million different ways on, on offense, they are different when Debo Samuel's not in the lineup. Like they don't have uh, one of Kyle's favorite toys and that changes things a little bit. Um, I do think that a lot of roads to championships can be, uh, you know, marked by very difficult victories. And maybe that was the one for the Niners. Um, it, it was, you know, definitely closer than I expected, but I also think it shows something about who they are that Purdy, I mean, I know he didn't, you know, score the winning touchdown, um, but he led that drive. And, and for all the kind of, you know, doubters about him because he was the last guy picked in the draft and, and he's not, he doesn't have the resume of some of these other guys. Um, I think that was kind of a big moment for him. Do you think that there's any chance uh, with Detroit winning this thing or winning, going beat against the 49ers? I just don't think defensively, Brian, I mean, any chance, yes. But I, I think the answer is defensively, I don't think they do enough to stop everything that um, – that San Francisco does. And I, I, you know, it's not a hot take that I think Kyle Shanahan is the, the best game caller play caller uh, in the league, but he, his offense is so good. It is um, not just all the weapons they have in McCaffrey and Ayuk and, um, and Samuel, if he plays and Kittle. Um, but I mean, I'll go back to when they were here um just watching Trent Williams live, like one of the best to ever do what he does. Like they can do so much with him because he's one of the best to ever play that position. Um, I think that's a lot for the Detroit defense to, to handle any defense to handle. Um, so is there a chance? Of course, there's a chance. That's why they play the games. But I, I, I feel like that game, even though it's the late game is the secondary game on Sunday. Um, it's going to be, yeah, I, I, I clearly Lamar Mahomes is the headliner. You know, I mean that's just dude. Like, gotta be Taylor Swift. She didn't. <laughs> she didn't come to. She didn't play a concert in DC or Baltimore. But she'll be there Sunday, is my guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, let Let's switch it to the home team here. Talking with our friend Barry Sverluga here on the BetQL guest line. Um, you know, I, I'm sure you're up to date on the the comings and goings, the interviews going down with the Commanders for the head coach search. Do you have a lean one way or another? I thought you asked a really interesting question in the Adam Peters press conference. Um, do, you, do you have an idea of what they will do and what they should do at head coach? Well, so my lean, JP, is is this, and I've, I've thought about it quite a bit, and I think I'm going to write about it in the next couple of days, that um, I think they should lean offense, offensive-minded head coach. Um, one of your uh, regular guests, Neil Greenberg, wrote for us, within the last month that um, there's a lot of data that he uses that supports the idea that offensive minded head coaches um, are having more success in the last five years um, in the modern NFL. But I I think I lean that way because they have such a rare opportunity um, to have the head coach come in at the same time as the quarterback and have a hand in saying, this is the quarterback that I would like. Um, and just to shape the whole organization around the most important um, position being the one that the head coach cares about and deals with more, I think would be a, a great advantage. I, Mike McDonald has done a great job, and we saw it on, on Saturday as um, 
Baltimore's defensive coordinator, I mean, really shutting down uh, the Texans who didn't score an offensive touchdown. But I think if you go that direction or you go with Aaron Glenn in Detroit or you go with even Mike Rabel, who's obviously been a head coach before, um, you're, you're bringing the next question, which might be a more important question, who's your offensive coordinator and what do they like in a, in a quarterback? Um, so I'm of the mind that, that Ben Johnson is probably the leader and should be the leader if they believe in his leadership um, abilities, because I just think getting that head coach quarterback fit right is, is an opportunity that doesn't come around all the time. The timing doesn't always work out. They've got it lined up, and I think they should make it work that but way. When you look at the Ravens, okay, and I, and I go to them because John Harbaugh has been the biggest person arguing for Lamar Jackson and talking about how great he was since he's gotten there. John is not an offensive coach, but he tried to make sure he had the right people around him. And still, Lamar and John has a connection, but John doesn't coach Lamar at all when it comes to getting his skill better. Yeah, you're totally right, Brian. I, it, it obviously can work a bunch of different um, ways. And and honestly, I would say um, it has worked at a ne- another level with Lamar this year um, with Todd Munkin as yeah. the coordinator. Um, yeah. And, and a, a guy who said to Lamar, I trust you. You have the opportunity not to just change from play A to play B, but you've got the whole – when you come to the line – you got the whole playbook at your disposal here, buddy. Like you, you, you make the choice. Like that's a huge step forward for yeah. him. And a, a reason I think he's been even more dynamic this year. But if the, if the, if the question is Brian, in this situation, what do you think they should do? This, that doesn't mean it can't work a bunch of different ways. I mean, Dan Campbell was, you know, a tight ends coach, a assistant head coach. Mm-hmm. And he's obviously got it working in terms of, um, their structure and strong coordinators and, and a good um, vibe around that team. I just think that because the second pick in the draft and the need for quarterback and the, you know, array of coaches out there, um, if I'm asked to, to lean one way, I, I lean pretty heavily to an offensive minded head coach. Um, I, you know, I, I think that's fair. The, the one thing, that I think skews the statistics. I think you go offense here because you're about to draft a quarterback at two. And for once, let's let this organization have full alignment on developing a young quarterback from the owner to the actual kid that gets drafted. And I think to do that, you you want an offensive-minded guy running the program. But I, some of that, I think Mike McDonald looks like he might be a damn star. <laughs> so I'm not going to – whatever direction they go, I, I'm, I'm going to be okay – as far as the like data points on oh you know th- this many more coach this many more offensive coaches get to the playoffs advance in the playoffs all that there's also just more offensive coaches more offensive coaches get opportunities right like i just added it up there's six open jobs in the nfl which means there's currently 26 head coaches in the nfl and mm-hmm. only six of them are defensive so like it, it, sometimes we're 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 choosing numbers to look correct, even though it's not an apple. It's not a, necessarily a fair comparison. Sure, and I think you know these these owners are also looking for leadership qualities that probably it, you know are more important than which side of the ball do you coach. I mean, that, I think that's what 
you saw with the Antonio Pierce hire in, in mm-hmm. Las Vegas, like that operation got better. He's a former linebacker and a defensive coach. Um, but but the, the the important part there was that he could lead that team. He 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 took over for an offensive minded head coach who failed and the product got better and that leads you to believe this could work. I mean Demeco Ryan's like yeah he he went to Houston and took a team that picked second in the draft to the uh, a playoff victory a, a year later, you know, in large part because they got that second pick in the in the draft correct and he hired what seems like a rising star of an of an offensive coordinator in, in Bobby Slowick. There's a million different ways it, it can work. And I, I do think like if Ben Johnson, I don't know Ben Johnson, if he was sitting next to me. Right. Um, although I guess he was on some university of North Carolina teams that I covered a million years ago, but uh, <laughs> he, he, if he fails the interview from a leadership standpoint, I mean, Adam, Adam Peters said, what are you looking for in a head coach? It's like, we need the best leader for this team that's the first characteristic. Those people can come from all sides of the ball, including special teams like like Harbaugh. Um, so it's a very, very interesting um, uh, question. But I do think if you if if you hire Mike McDonald and you int- introduce him, um, you know, whenever at, at out in Ashburn, um, I will be sitting in that in that you know, theater room and with my hand up saying, who's your offensive coordinator? And if that's not decided yet, um, then I will, you know, kind of conclude that maybe the second most important um, hire of the off season hasn't been made yet because you've got to know who's helping you choose that quarterback, what they're going to run, how they're going to use that guy. It's a, it's a massive, massive part of this equation. What's crazy, and I, I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. I just feel like we're, as a collective, we're kind of settling into this group thing that I'm just trying to push back against. But sure. I, I think the same thing is, I think they're going to hire Johnson. If you want to know what I think, I think they're going to hire Johnson. I think they're going to draft Drake May. Like, I think those are the things that are going to happen. But, as much as if they hired McDonald, the OC would be so critical. I think when, if they hire Johnson, the that, the defensive coordinator position is going to be super critical. So I completely agree, but go back to something you just said. Like if, if the head coaching um, jobs skew offense um, and, and more offensive-minded assistant coaches have become head coaches – I think that should mean that there are more quality candidates sure. to be a defensive coordinator laying around. I mean, DeMeco Ryan's left um, San, Francisco, San Francisco and and Kyle Shanahan was able to fill him in with Steve right. Wilkes, an extremely, yeah. extremely experienced um, defensive coach who's been a head coach before. I mean, you know, I'm not saying Ron Rivera is coming back here to run the defense, but you, you I think. It might be is, a Philly. Without, yeah. Right. Right. Well, I mean, without – um, you know, listing out the names, my, my gut is it would be easier for pick a name of an offensive uh, assistant who would become your head coach to find a really quality defensive coordinator than it would for a really um, good defensive assistant who's becoming your, your head coach to find the kind of cutting edge offensive coordinator who's available and wants to come here and mold your second pick in the draft of a quarterback. I, I agree, and I think 
one thing we should keep in mind on this is th- this is a specific situation where Harris, Rails, Blitzer, Mark Ein, Magic, where this group has deep, deep pockets. And it might matter here because you might be able to get a veteran D coordinator from another team that has some changes going on. Like if you're if you're willing to spend, you might be able to get a better option than you'd mm-hmm. expect. Yeah. Because I think if you're a veteran DC at this point, you realize you're probably not getting a head coaching gig, and I'll sign up for the rebuild, pay me six mil a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. and I'm excited about, you know, Ben Johnson or whoever the, right. the head coach I'm gonna be working for. And I understand that that job is gonna make me the head coach of the defense, and that's a big, big, big uh undertaking. I do think you're right, JP, that, you know, in college you can go through because so many of the um the universities uh are public, you can go through and find I think USA Today does this every year, like what do these schools pay their assistants? And guess what? Alabama and Georgia and Ohio right. State and Michigan pay more for assistance and therefore get better coaches. Mm-hmm. That has to be a dynamic that can work in the NFL, but we don't get to see those numbers. You know, sometimes you'll yep. find out like how much is a D coordinator making or an offensive coordinator making, but I'm talking about the whole staff. I mean, money has might, right? Like they, yep. they are willing to pay for quality, quality coaches. And I don't know that there's any indication that they wouldn't be, that could be a sneaky advantage in, uh, you know, these jobs that are already transformed just in perception because the old owner's out and the new owner's in. Right. Uh, Barry, we got a boogie. I was in College Park yesterday. Don't have enough time to pick your brain about that. Thank you for the time, though, brother. Appreciate it, guys. I'll see you soon. That is our guy, Barry Sverlugo. When we come back, new NFLPA boss Lloyd Howell joins the program. Don't go anywhere. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Beamich and Finley, 1067 The Fan. Brought to you by Rude HVAC Equipment. Head over to Rude.com to find a contractor near you and available tax credits or rebates. If it ain't Rude, it ain't right. 100%. Don't forget, 106.7 The Fan versus Team 980, Friday, February 2nd, 8 o'clock, Bethesda Theater. Get tickets today at BethesdaTheater.com. Presented by Main Street Bank. All right, we are very excited now to Thoroughly. go to the BetQL guest line. And welcome in... Mr. Lloyd Howell, Executive Director of the NFL Players Association. Lloyd, what's up, man? Thanks for making some time for us. What's up, Lloyd? How you doing, man? Good, Bitch. Good. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here with you guys this afternoon. Appreciate you, man. So, Lloyd, I I think it's fascinating. I I, I think you join, uh, join's probably the wrong word, take over the (laughs) NFL Players Association at, at such a remarkable time for the league and the players where, I, I mean, if you look at television ratings or just like kind of cultural conversations that expand beyond normal sports, the NFL is just the most dominant league in America. 
and 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 you're in a position to only continue to grow it. How exciting has I mean you've been on the job now seven ish months or something? That's exactly right. You're 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 correct on both fronts. I mean you look at how well financially the NFL as a league has performed. Oh going over the last at least uh, 10, 15 years plus um, the incredible progress many of our, our members have made both financially and otherwise uh, couldn't be a more exciting time to be part of the, of the PA. Uh, and not the least of which is built upon so many of the gains that have been made uh, that predate me, whether mm-hmm. that was D. Smith, whether that was Gene Upshaw, um, I really see my role as continuing in that in that vein, not the least of which is um, getting to some of the real-time issues that uh, the players have, have raised. And, and you know, B. Mitch, as a former player rep, EC member, uh, this is what it's all about, uh, yeah. having a strong union, fighting for our guys, and that's what I see my role being all about. Lord, I see you doing a different approach. You are basically meeting with the owners as well because, you know, it's a partnership. It may be one that's kind of, you know, a <laughs> little, little uh, rough at times, but it is a partnership. <laughs> and why why did you take that path to start meeting the owners instead of just being on that side against them? Well, I, you know, I put the players first. Um, and working with our player directors, we change up the approach. Um, you have a 32-team uh, visit. Uh, it was important to me to be in the locker room, meet the players, understand what their issues were, but we expanded it. You know, I come from uh, an aerospace and defense industrial background, and I wanted to meet the owners. So mm-hmm. I was able to meet with about 20 of the owners, GMs, and coaches to get their um, insights, their issues, and to start to build a relationship with them. I mean, we're going to come to a point, obviously, uh, multiple negotiations, even leading up to the next CBA. And I've always felt it's better to know who's on the other side of the table to negotiate with than a complete stranger. So I wanted them to know me, mm-hmm. and I wanted to know them, and we're off to a, a good start. Um, I got to say, Lloyd, I, <laughs> pulling up your resume, holy <laughs> moly, I'm pretty impressed, dude. Um, L- Lloyd has a bachelor's degree from Penn and an MBA from Harvard. That's pretty good. Bad dude. Um, But one thing that I was curious about is specifically, I think this Washington Economics Club, I know that members of the the commander's new ownership group have spoken there. And and there's just a lot of high-level D.C. connections here. I'm curious if if you know any of the commander's owners, like maybe Mitch Rails particularly, and just what you think of that new group. Because, I mean, you guys kind of – Got put it's into the same new school, right? Well, they, you got put into new rule, new roles at the same time. You know that uh, you, you're so right. I did not know Mitch, but I had a chance to sit down with uh, Josh. Uh, Josh and I actually went to the same undergraduate school, though we didn't know one another at that time. But given his private equity background, given the team he's put together, it's really exciting. I think it represents a new frontier for the NFL, where you have. Magic Johnson, a diverse uh, set of owners. You look at Penner out in uh, in Denver, same sort of dynamic. And that's really encouraging when you look at the demographic composition of our union, plus uh, an increasing sensitivity by the owners on what some of these issues may be. 
And so, though I haven't met all of the commander owners, I hope to uh, do that going forward. Uh, but as I as I said, I did sit down with uh, Josh Harris, and we were able to have a good conversation. There's a lot of money with this new gambling stuff with the NFL and everything, every sport, to be honest with you. And I'm sure there are players concerned about how are we going to get our fair share? You know, what, what's, what's going through your mind as you look at that aspect? Because the owners were totally against it at first, and now they are yeah. full speed ahead. Because you're so right. When you look at the uh, growth engines to the NFL prior to sports betting, there's real estate called stadiums and TV. Now we've added uh, sports betting. And if you look at what was negotiated in the last CBA and the all-revenue calculation, those revenues generated from sports betting is included. Now you have to dig a little bit deeper because if you look at by state, what the economics are, it varies. So we're kind of on a new frontier here, whether it's the app on all of our phones, whether it's the all-revenue calculation players, are also curious as to are we getting our fair share. Uh, one of the early uh, successes we had is re-examining some of the penalties that players uh, uh, receive because of, of, of gambling. Mm -hmm. And in sitting down with the league, we were able to get that reduced from a year to two games, depending upon the nature of the incident. Mm -hmm. So you can't bet on football, can't bet on your team, uh, but if it is a, a bet and you happen to be at an NFL facility, you're looking up to a penalty of two games versus a year or six. And so I think everything's still evolving. I think uh, the owners as well as the players are all in this sort of gray space. we got a Super Bowl coming up in uh, – Las Vegas? Yeah, yeah right. Like, <laughs> so I, think, I think we're all going to be, you know, putting on our thinking caps to make sure that we're being realistic and at the same time uh, appreciating that, you know, more and more people do engage in sports betting. Um, I, one other one. Because you have that long-term kind of labor deal, I, I think it's an interesting spot for you to try to get done some things that, that maybe – when the money's on the line, aren't at the top of the concern, but once the money's settled, players care a lot about grass. And and more, I, I, I cover, you know, I'm in New York at least once a year. I was there twice this past season. People hate that Meadowlands turf. There are other places known for bad turf. What 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 can you do to, to help players get natural grass maybe everywhere or, or at least a, a, a version of turf they appreciate more? Sure. We're, we're, we're already pushing that. It was probably after my sixth team visit, all the players were unanimous in wanting grass uh, over turf. And, you know, unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers went down the same time we publicly said all players want grass. It was not to leverage that incident, but it was really to point to as a union, uh, this is what we want. Mm -hmm. uh, we ended up talking to the league about it in late October. Uh, the league is uh, doing their research on consistency and also looking at uh, what's the best hybrid turf. And we maintain that players want grass. Yeah. You know, in the not so distant future, we're going to have the World Cup come to the United States. And for those stadiums that are currently turf, guess what the surface will be? 
grass. <laughs> so part of the hypocrisy is how can you say we can't afford it, we don't want to do it, claim to be supportive of players' health and safety, yet we can do it for a soccer player, not a football player. So these types of arguments and negotiations are ongoing. And rather than wait till 2030 to kind of get more into it, we're getting into it now. No business person I know waits seven years to talk about economics and improvements. Mm -hmm. They talk about it when you need to talk about it. And that's what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be uh, fascinating to watch some of that stuff kind of unfold. Um, Lloyd, we really appreciate you making time for us. We'd love to have you on anytime you, you want to chat. And, uh, you know, both of our lives, for better or worse, revolve around football. So yeah, it sounds it like yours does, does too now. Exactly. <laughs> hey, well, let's get a chance you. at the Super Bowl, you. man, if you're there. You get a chance at the Super Bowl, we'll be oh, there. For sure, for sure. I want to thank you both for uh, having me on this afternoon and anytime. Okay. Appreciate it, Lawrence. Hopefully we'll see you in Vegas where players are allowed to play and not put a sports bet in. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Lloyd. All right, man. Thank you. Right, guys. Have a good one. Be cool. Bye. That is NFL PA director, Mr. Lloyd Howell. That was really cool. Good yeah, interview. Definitely. Love to chat with him more. Um, NFL players not allowed to bet, but we sure are. Let's make some when we come back. Be Mr. Philly, 1067 The Fan. Want you all to remember this Friday, February 2nd, come on down to the Bethesda. Well, that's next Friday. Next Friday, February 2nd, come down to the Bethesda Theater. Check us out. 1067 The Fan against Team 980. Tickets on sale right now. You can go to visitfansdc.com slash events, or you can go to bethesdatheater.com and also purchase your tickets. Come check out all the personalities right here on ESPN 980 and 1067 The Fan. Also, B. Mitchell Finley is brought to you by <laughs> Rude HVAC Equipment. Head over to rude.com to find a contractor near you and available tax credits and rebates. That's R-U-U-D. And remember... If it ain't rude, it ain't right. Damn right. Um, Pro Football Writers of America is a association of pro football writers. Um, PWFA. PFWA. Yeah, PFW. Um, I'm a, a member. I'm a, a, I'm a proud member. We negotiate with the league to make sure that the, we get access for the fans, try to be the eyes, and I certainly am the ears. Yes, um, indeed you are. We get to vote. On our own all-NFL team. Uh, votes are in. Ready? Who won? Lamar is the quarterback. McCaffrey and Kyron Williams are your two running backs. Right. Tyreek Hill and CD are your two wideouts. Kittle's your tight end. Jason Kelsey at center. Zach Martin and Joe Tooney at guard. Penne Sewell and Trent Williams at tackle. Penne. Now, this is just the NFC. Um, actually, no. This is the all-NFL team. Okay. I... Man, watching Ronnie Stanley run around. Watching Ronnie Stanley <laughs> yesterday, man. That big dude was picking off people, though. Defense, Miles Garrett and Trey Hendrickson are your edge rushers. Your tackles, Aaron Donald and Chris Jones. Outside linebacker, Micah Parsons and TJ Watt. In the middle, you got Fred Warner. Deron Bland and Sauce Gardner are your corners. Sauce. Jesse Bates and Kyle Hamilton, your safeties. Hard to argue with much of this. Mm-hmm. Um, Y'all did a good job, man. Yeah, how about that? Um, it's uh, a lot of talent out there, man. It, it, Hell yeah. It's going to be a fun fun one to watch. For the NFC, 
they they put Dak as the quarterback. Um, Amon Ra as wide out. They put old Wack as the quarterback, huh? <laughs> That's your guy, dude. All right. We're going to get our act together. We're all here for the whole week. We're going to bet all week. Are you sure about that, JP? I'm never sure about anything. <laughs> Heard it here first. Jeffrey! Okay, so for my bet tonight, I'm taking McNeese State over Texas A&M. McNeese? Yes. Do you know anything about McNeese? Uh, I know they're 16-2, and two and they're located in Louisiana. Yeah, I know. They, I think one of their last games was when we ran all through them. Are they playing straight up Texas A&M? No, they playing uh, in Corpus Kingsville. Okay. Oh, Corpus Christi. Okay. That's a little different than the way you said it. At first. Yeah, I, I got I got the uh, the money line. Okay. Landfill? Horse racing? Uh, I looked, but there wasn't anything I liked. I'm taking uh, Incarnate Word. Huh? Plus three and a half against Nichols State. Wow. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, you poof him, boo. Um, one of the worst teams in the NBA are the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. I'm looking at the same game. I'm taking the points. Pistons are getting 12 and a half tonight at home against the Bucks. I think the Bucs are going to be a sleepy Monday night game and the Pistons cover. Give me Detroit plus 12 and a half. Man, you know, I had to do this to you. Give me the Bucks. I got a parlay. Give me Kansas minus oh. eight and a half over Cincinnati as well. <laughs> hey, the, has he taken on what I normally do? The, the last second parlay throw in. Grant and Danny coming your way next. Thank you very much to everybody listening to the program. Thank you to Matt Valdez, our Ravens insider. Yes. Thank you to John Keim from ESPN. Yeah. Thank you to Barry Sverluga, Washington yeah. Post. And thank you to Lloyd Howell. Yeah, you, appreciate that, Lloyd. At the NFL Players Association. We're back tomorrow. Grant and Danny next. You made this far. Oh, you beer. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.